From Commander.com, welcome to the Tech Refresh Podcast, where we scour the internet to feature just the right digital news, gadgets, and stories to keep you up to date. Our promise is, if you give us about 30 minutes, we'll make sure you're in the know and the go-to source for your friends and family for everything digital. After an exhaustive nationwide search to find just the right digitally savvy host, they gave up and you got me. I'm Mike James, along with our distinguished panel of experts, the commando content queen, Allie Seligman. Welcome, Allie. Hello. And our news director at Commando.com is Ben. We're going to call him Obi-Wan Bradley. Or should it be Obi-Wan Kenobi Bradley? Mm, just go with uh, go with Bradley. It, it just gets a little too long there. Okay, the Obi-Wan Bradley. We got it. And we have a ton of stuff to get to. As always, later on, our scam of the week is about compromised accounts and what you need to look out for. In a few minutes, our quick tip about secret tech codes. That's actually from Obi-Wan himself. And uh, we'll, we'll maybe call you James Bond as well. James Bond Bradley. We'll, we'll, we'll figure that out. Also, our deep dive topic today is our favorite kitchen tech. Back to Obi-Wan, the source for all good things uh, digital this week, I guess. And uh, we're going to start off with the news. Ben, FT, FTC is ordering data collection. Oh, my gosh. Finally, it's happened, right? It is. So little backstory, in case you missed it, last week the Federal Trade Commission and just about every state filed two massive antitrust lawsuits against Facebook. Do you think Zuckerberg is like picking out his favorite suit right now for court? Well, <laughs> somebody's picking it out for and him. pillow. <laughs> so, yeah, getting that ready. Well, that was last week. This week, the FTC just put Facebook and eight other big tech companies on notice over data collection. On Monday, the FTC sent an order to Amazon, Twitter, YouTube, uh, ByteDance, which is the parent company of TikTok, and they want to know a few things like, you know, how these companies track, collect, and use data, how they determine which ads are shown to you, whether they apply algorithms or analytics to your personal info, uh, how they research engagement. And here's a big one, how these practices affect children and teens. Okay, I just have to butt in here. Like Mike said, finally, doesn't this feel like this should have happened a decade ago? But here we are. Yeah. They were busy, you know, they've given up on robocalls now, but well, <laughs> these companies have 45 days to turn, turn over the requested info, uh, puts a deadline around late January. If they don't respond by then, or if the FTC finds something they don't like and whatever's turned in, you know, they might just take additional action. I think they're a little more confident after, uh, after last week, but you know, is this part of the antitrust violations or is this completely separate and just going through the Congress and Senate? Completely order? different. The, the antitrust are actual yeah. lawsuits and that's about, you know, forming monopolies, things like that. This is they want more information to decide if the courts will become involved later. I love the idea that, you know, they filed the antitrust suits and they were like, you know what? That felt good. Let's go get the rest <laughs> yeah. of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Let's have more of that. All right, Allie, Adobe Flash is going away. Another, finally, because oh. it seems like they've been doing this, like, going away for years. It does, it does. So, yeah, that was today's tech. So this is, we'll call it a, a ghost of tech past. So Adobe Flash is an internet icon. It's been around since 1996, and it really powered that shift online from text-only websites to graphics and audio and video and all the stuff we see. Um, of course, it powered countless games and websites too. The Internet Archive actually put together a really fun compilation of a bunch of old Flash games and sites that you can see if you want to walk down Internet memory lane. 
you know, I kind of uh, I kind of associate Flash Player with that old modem sound that'll dial up, you know, you've <laughs> yeah. got mail and everything along. That. And of course, like terrible geo sites, websites, and flashing graphics and all kinds yes. of stuff. But like Mike said, this has been a long time in the making. Um, and as of December 31st, Adobe will stop supporting Flash altogether. Content will be blocked from the Flash player as of January 12th. We have gotten lots of questions, emails, comments. What do I need to download now? What do I need to do? Well, you don't need to download anything else. That's kind of why Flash is going away. With HTML5 and just the way websites are built now, you don't need an external player for it. So you don't need to download anything new, but you should delete Flash from your computer. Um, it's actually a little more complicated than you would think. There are lots of steps, but we did a really handy how-to on commando.com. So you can go there, get all the steps for a Windows PC or a Mac. So get it off your computer and rest in peace, Flash. So a couple of questions. One is our website and most websites have already moved on from Flash and really they're, 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 it's just not even in use anymore? Correct, yeah. So most sites have long since gone away from Flash. Um, there are actually lots of really handy Flash checkers online. If you have a website, you can go in and check, hey, is anything on my site not going to appear anymore? And then you'll know what to change. But yeah, there are just so many tools now. You don't need Flash. And is it going away because it's just inherently not safe? I mean, is there some kind of a hack that you can do get with Flash or is it just old technology? It's just old technology. It's outdated at this point and it's just been replaced by newer and better things. So, you know, new HTML, CSS. It's been going on so long. I mean, Adobe said, okay, we're going to Flash is being turned off at the end of 2020. They said that back in 2017. And that was years after all these, you know, Apple stopped, you know, the, they were never going to put it on iPhones and other companies just completely stopped using it. You know, natively HTML5 and everything else just, yeah, eliminated the need for it. All right. So it's Christmas time. Everybody's sending gifts to everybody. And now we find out that the U.S. Postal Service uh, is having a lot of delays. Not surprising because, you know, we've been talking about this for weeks. Here we are. You know, any normal year and the Postal Service has already added temporary positions and overtime to help process all that extra holiday shipping traffic. Well, this year, thanks to the pandemic, there's never been a time when so many people turned to online shopping. And as you can imagine, the USPS is slammed. You'll hear stories about delivery estimates that cover a two-week period, uh, you know, backups, uh, people waiting at the post office, people trying to track their packages that disappear for weeks after being scanned at, you know, various facilities along the route. And that's just for the stuff you've already ordered. I have a friend, uh, she's a baker, and she does a bunch of holiday orders every year. And she just posted that she sent out all her orders and crossed her fingers because now they're with the Postal Service. And, you know, who knows when those will actually be delivered. Well, quite a few. Now, hopefully you've ordered everything because your your options to get things shipped diminish with every day. Quite a few of those shipping cutoff dates have already come and gone. You know, for last-minute shipping via the post office, you can allegedly still use Priority Mail Express as late as December 23rd. Uh, same goes for UPS and their next-day air service. Uh, FedEx, same thing, but for you expert-level procrastinators out there, you might have access to FedEx same-day service even on Christmas Day. Man, shout-out to those people delivering on Christmas Day. Man. 
I hope they're getting some nice holiday pay. The U.S. Postal Service, I think, loses about $15 billion a year, and here's why. Ta-da. All right. We've got lots <laughs> more coming up, including uh, secret text codes, also our deep dive into kitchen technology, scam of the week this week with uh, compromised accounts, and how can you tell if your, your account has been comp- compromised? Later on, an iPhone falls out of a plane. Uh, Up next, it's brand new or not true on the Tech Refresh podcast from Commando.com. All right, we're back on the Tech Refresh podcast from Commando.com. And later on, we'll tell you about the iPhone falling from the plane. Before we get to brand new or not true, we've got a quick tip. And secret codes play James Bond music. Go ahead, Ben. Obi-Wan. Sorry. There you go. I see. I have to correct it. James Bond, Obi-Wan, interchangeable. Well, if you think you already know everything your smartphone can do, you know, brace yourselves because there are secret codes that can unlock, you know, all kinds of information about your device and your service. I'm not talking meaning of life level stuff, but info that's definitely helpful in a pinch. Uh, it's called unstructured supplementary service data. That's kind of a mouthful and not very fun, so we'll just call them USSD codes for short. They were created to give the various carriers and technicians an easy way to perform diagnostic tests and activate your phone. But they're not limited to those employees and those carriers. Let's say you have T-Mobile as your service provider. So on your keypad, you you could tap pound 225 pound to get your account balance and your last payment. If you type pound 932 pound, that will tell you how much data you've used, your data plan, and its expiration date. Uh, if you hit star 671 plus your phone number, it blocks your outgoing caller ID on a per-call basis. Uh, you can find a list of, of these codes for the other big carriers and universal codes at commando.com. If you want to get really crazy, there's a code to activate field mode, which will give you access to info about local networks and cell towers. And that means you can find out things like where your phone gets its best signal. That's awesome. Nice job. Boom. And that brings us to... Brand new or not true? Every week, literally thousands of new products, sites, apps, and services are announced in the technology world. Some are destined for greatness, others not so much. Oftentimes, the products sound really crazy, outlandish, and just ridiculous. So you sit back and think, what were they thinking? And all of a sudden, we've got another tech millionaire. When playing brand new or not true, we'll present you, the home lister, and Ben and I, with three products, sites, or ideas, and it's up to us and you to decide which two of the three are fake and through the process of elimination, which is the real product. One real product, two fake products. Allie, it's time for product number one. Oh boy, no pressure. Okay, (laughs) let's flash back a little bit to 2017. Naomi Wu, she's a huge name in the 3D printing world. She put a 3D printer on a harness, wore it on her back, and walked around China where she lives. It was the first wearable 3D printer. All right, that was years ago. It was a bit of a stunt, but the idea stuck around. And now there is a new wearable 3D printer in town. It's called the MakerBot Ultra Mini, and it's one of the smallest resin printers on the market. And it can be worn on your wrist. It weighs about three quarters of a pound. And yes, it can only print tiny little objects. The printing bed is about two and a half by 1.75 inches. 
It uses resin, so it's not a filament printer, it's resin. So you have to be careful if you're flinging your wrist around. You could, you know, make things pretty crazy. It does have quick leveling, though, so if you're, you know, pretty steady, it'll be fine. So, okay, if we're being honest, this thing is um, a bit of a gimmick. If you're wondering why, why would they make a wearable 3D printer? I mean, really just because they could. So it comes with a wrist strap so you can wear it or you can just set it on your desk. This thing is super quiet. You control it with a smartphone or a tablet. It's really cool. It doesn't take uh, special software. You can print right from a browser. Um, resin prints are cured with a bulb and this one lasts five or 50,000 hours, which is awesome. Um, the resin is low odor, it's Wi-Fi enabled, and this thing will set you back $269. Okay, got it. The Maker Bot yep. Ultra Mini. Okay, got it. All right, next up, you have seen those smart water bottles, right? They keep track of how much water you've had to drink. They sync with an app so you can stay hydrated. That same tech is here for wine. Instead of helping you get in your eight glasses of water a day, the Vin Smart Wine Glass keeps an eye on how much you've had to drink and tells you when you should put a cork in it for the night. <laughs> it measures the wine you've had down to the millimeter. You can use the app to put in your height, your weight, your gender, answer some other questions, and then you'll get a notification if you've had enough and you shouldn't drive. It's from a Tel Aviv startup called Glassify. They also make a smart beer glass. This would make a pretty good gag gift, a white elephant present. Um, be careful though, it's really hard to recommend it as a normal gift because it kind of screams, hey, I think you drink too much. <laughs> uh, could be good though, if you're trying to keep an eye on your own intake. Uh, it's 40 bucks, it comes in one color, it's kind of this opaque clear. Uh, you can change the colors though because it has LED lights built in. Uh, they signal a few things like if your glass is empty, if you've had too much, but you can also just set steady colors. It's a stemless design because the tech has to go somewhere. It sits in the bottom. Uh, it's BPA-free, all those good things, and it works off uh, those little round lithium batteries. And 40 bucks. All right, the VinSmart wine glass. Next product. And finally, okay, we all probably had a piggy bank growing up. I did. Mine was an owl. Um, and it kind of teaches your kids the value of money, right? You save up for something. But what about now when everything is on an app or a card? Well, that's where Porkfolio comes in. This is a smart Wi-Fi connected piggy bank that keeps track of all the money you put in it. Uh, you connect it to an app, you can use it with Android or iPhone, and you can set financial goals for your kids. You can see how much money is in there. It even has an accelerometer, so if it gets picked up or moved, you know, um, you know, if your kid is trying to run away and smash it with a hammer. It holds $100 in coins. It's about eight inches tall, comes in a bunch of colors. And of course, it has one of those little rubber stoppers in the bottom when you want to take out the money. It runs on AA batteries. And I love this part. You have to pry off the pig's head to change the batteries. <laughs> and this one is 50 bucks. 50 bucks. Okay, so Ben, I'm going to go first today because I would cheat and just say whatever you say. Um, <laughs> At least you're honest you're about it. I mean, who wouldn't? But um, so I'm that we've got the wearable 3D printer. Now, two of these products are not true. One is true. Wearable 3D printer that you can wear on your wrist. It's two hundred sixty nine dollars. The Vinsmart wine glass is only 40 bucks. What a good price. And the portfolio. It's a piggy bank. 50 bucks, a smart piggy bank for 50 bucks. I am going to say the least likely product is the wearable SD printer. Not sure we're there yet, especially 50,000 hours. I thought that was kind of like, 
I don't know if they're going to make something that small that's going to last that long. Um, the Vinsmart wine glass, I think that is a fun gag gift. The portfolio piggy bank for 50 bucks, there could be a market for it, but I think the Vinsmart wine glass, as ridiculous as it sounds, for only 40 bucks as a fun gag gift would be the most likely. So I'm going to go that. That is the true product. Ben, go ahead. I think the wearable 3D printer idea is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so... I mean, it usually what happens just, now is that's the that's the true product, right? I mean, I just see you're walking around like building a little dinosaur on your wrist, and you walk into a door frame and break off the, you know, right. for, I just I don't know. So I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you, Mike. That's I'm gonna say that's fake. Mm-hmm. So I've been going back and forth on the other two, um, the wine, you know, the wine glass and the piggy bank, and I was almost on the wine glass. Because, you know, interesting idea, but, you know, I can't imagine a lot of people are going to want their wine glass telling them what to do. And, uh, <laughs> right. You know, it's not it's not their bartender. It's not going to listen to their problems, too. So, you know, I'm going to I'm going to play it safe and call that one fake, too. So with those two gone, the, the remaining, obviously, with whatever's left must be true. So I'm going to say the piggy bank is the real Item. Okay. Okay. The 3D printer is fake. Uh, I combined a couple products. There really is a 3D printer that small. Uh, there is one that small that you lasts 50,000 hours, wrist, but it's not this one. No. I mean, you probably could. You can make a little holster for it. Uh, the smart wine glass is fake. Oh, bummer. Yeah. There is a smart beer glass uh, <laughs> that does something similar, but no, not for wine. Yeah, the piggy bank is real. It's still for sale, although the price has gone kind of down, down, down. Uh, now you can get it for about thirteen bucks. Fifty was its original price. But. All right, Ben, congratulations! You're a winner on brand new or not true. That's <laughs> Where's my awesome. medal? Next time you're going first. By the way. <laughs> Uh, we should have like a crown that you could wear for like the week. For, no, for guessing we can't correctly. let his head get any bigger. <laughs> I like that idea. Like, I like your thinking. <laughs> Thank you so much for playing brand new or not true. And thanks to our distinguished guests up next, we're going to take a look at, well, we're going to take a deep dive into our favorite kitchen technology. Ben covers that. And also we're going to look at compromised accounts and how you can tell And later on, an iPhone falling from a plane. It's all coming up on the Tech Refresh podcast from Commander.com. Welcome back to Tech Refresh from Commander.com. Every week, we give you the inside scoop on what's going on in tech. So you're in the know and the source of tech information for your friends and family. Every week, about this time, we take an in-depth look into issues that affect the technology lifestyle. And this week, we're looking at our favorite kitchen technology. Now, Ben, are you a chef? No, no. I I, (laughs) I could say I am, but no, I, I, you know, I go in there and I I can make a mean frozen pizza and... (laughs) <laughs> you know, now I mean, there's a few things I can, you know, I like to dabble in and stuff like that. You know, a lot of it's outside though, grill, uh, burgers and steaks. Okay, there like you that. go. Yeah, man stuff. So. All right. So <laughs> tell us your, your technology, uh, cooking stuff. Well, okay. So 
We've all, a lot of people have had much more time at home this year than in years past. And, you know, binge watching TV became cliche. You've got the working out, picking up random hobbies. Well, a lot of people are in the kitchen more often, whether they like it or not. I think everyone on the internet made a loaf of sourdough bread this year. Yes, even that was, <laughs> you know, I, there were like a few different varieties of bread, right? Banana bread, was it? sourdough, okay. what else have okay. people made? Yeah, it, it all kind of okay. came in phases. Well, there you go. Well, and just because you might be, you feel like you're in the kitchen cooking all the time, doesn't mean you can't have a little fun. So, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about some of our favorite kitchen gadgets. And for me, and I've talked about this before, I had to replace our years old air fryer that finally went kaput and went with an instant pot vortex nine in one. It air fries, it bakes, it reheats, it dehydrates. Oh, wow. I do use that. It also rotisseries. Oh, my gosh, rotisseries. Yeah. Um, if somebody yeah. doesn't know, what's an air fryer? It's, uh, it's it's basically the uh, healthier way to fry food, you know, uh, chicken, the things that you would normally you, you'd think you'd put in a fryer, chicken, French fries, uh, you know, mozzarella sticks. Uh, it I can't always, I can explain the technology, but it doesn't use the oil that uh, you know that causes the that can cause the uh, health issues. It doesn't make things just one hundred percent healthier, but it's a lot better for you this way than. The others, so yeah, sticking them in a vat of oil. Have you rotisserie a chicken with this thing yet? No, but it's nice knowing I can. You know, in case of emergency, <laughs> just use, gives you peace of mind. I can... <laughs> yeah, so I... you should do that. Remember the old uh, Showtime? What was that called? Showtime rotisserie. Yeah, Set it and forget way it. Way back when. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. So I, I'm sure it works well. Yeah, we <laughs> had one of those. It was awesome. Okay, well, that's the thing I've been using most. You know, most often. What about you, Allie? Probably the thing I reach for the most that's tech in my kitchen is a thermometer. I think a good kitchen thermometer is so useful. I never overcook or undercook anything anymore. And it's not just meat. I used it to test if some brownies were done a couple weeks ago, which is pretty cool. Um, probably the the gadget I use in my kitchen the most because I use it every single morning is an espresso maker. I got it for my birthday a few years ago. They're expensive. This is a Breville barista and it's like 700 bucks, but I have, you know, my favorite coffee every morning. And so I don't know. I think it's worth it. For me, it's the Instapot, but I don't have the newer one that you have been. So how much was this like super Instapot? Yeah, I think I got it in the 150 range actually, but, and that was just the expensive gadget for the kitchen I got recently. One of the things I picked up that I, I don't know why I haven't until now is, you know how it's getting darker earlier outside and, well, it's hard to see what's on the grill if you're, if you're trying to make said burgers. So I bought uh, like a $12 LED light that installs on the lid or on the handle of your, of your grill. So just, you lift the, you know, lift the lid of the grill. Point the light down, turn it on, you've got this bright LED light, and it just stays attached to the handle. So, great little gadget. 12 bucks. That's such a good idea. Please send me the link for the one you bought, because I want one of those. <laughs> yeah, it's dark at like 5 o'clock. Ben, I will never forget this. Uh, this was probably more than a year ago at this point. You were talking about going camping, and there was a piece of cooking equipment that you wanted that I remember your wife uh, vetoed at that time, but... You did for yeah at that time at that time it's still it's the issue's still not dead but yeah so we have we have a cooking stove you know one of those camping stoves that you uh, you runs off a little bottle of propane well there's one I want and it's made by the same uh, company but it's a it's a stove on top 
but attached to a full, well, not a full size, but a decent sized camping oven that also runs on propane. And I, I want this thing so bad. I mean, you know, who, who wouldn't want to go and like, oh, I can make like cinnamon rolls. That's not camping or, anymore. Or <laughs> biscuits, <laughs> camping. It's you know, absolutely not. ridiculous. So. <laughs> and it looks like a little stove. It's actually pretty cute. It looks like a little, like a kid's stove or something. It's the Tech Refresh podcast. One of the biggest things folks are interested in is scams. There's scams everywhere. Every week we feature one. Uh, this week it's uh, compromised accounts. Allie. Yeah. Have you ever gotten a call or an email that, you know, maybe your bank account, something else got compromised? It feels really bad. Um, and you have this instant like, oh, my gosh, I need to take care of this right now. Well, scammers are banking on that because right now there are calls, texts, and emails going around pretending to be from your bank, Amazon, PayPal, and Netflix that your account has been compromised. It really preys on that reaction of like, oh no, I need to do something about this. And so people are a lot more likely to fall for it. The emails use the company's logos and colors and, you know, speech that looks like it belongs to that company. Um, so it really, they, these really do look like official alerts. The link though, will take you to a website that asks you to put in your account number, probably your login information, maybe even your social security number, and then you're on your way to identity theft. In the phone version, it's usually a caller claiming that they saw an expensive charge on your account that they know you didn't make. And then they try to get you to download some kind of security software. There's a huge red flag. If the, the solution is ever download something, you know that that's a scam. So hang up the phone uh, because then you're just left with malware on your computer. And in other versions of calls, uh, people are asked to buy gift cards or prepaid debit cards to fix some kind of issue. Another huge red flag. You're never going to have to buy a gift card for anything legitimate. So, you know, say it with me, write it down, never buy a gift card. If someone on the phone tells you to. Yeah. If they're telling me to be like a deputy or something, you're going to be arrested unless you buy us, you know, 10 Apple gift cards. <laughs> what? You know, it's yeah. Just, okay. Not, and it sounds ridiculous, but you know, they, they really do know how to freak people out and, and get in your head. And so people fall for it and, and spend a ton of money this way. So be really careful. If you get one of these calls or emails or texts, take a minute, don't rush. Uh, if there is an issue with your bank, log into your bank account, call your bank yourself and you'll see that there's an issue. Um, same with your, you know, Amazon or Netflix or PayPal or whatever it is. So always you know, seek out the information yourself. Don't just rely on what this caller or emailer is telling you. Be careful. Uh, another a part of that is, you know, make sure that you, even if you've told, you know, the elderly people that are in your family, these kind of tips before, one of the reasons that we come back to these tips every week is it has to be kind of top of mind, especially around the holidays. It's good to just at least mention, hey, you know, there's scammers out there. They're emailing people. They're calling people. They're telling you their their bank, Wells Fargo or Chase, especially the big banks. You have to be uh, diligent about keeping this kind of as top of mind on these folks uh, as we're going to be visiting with them now during the holidays. Another thing that I thought about that came up, we had a scam like this on the show this past weekend, and I was thinking about it after the fact, and the guy went and bought like 20, whatever it was, Apple gift cards at Walmart. Well, at what point, maybe this is a podcast or maybe just a question that we can ask him about, but at what point does Walmart or whatever target store that sells 20 you know, $15,000 worth of Apple gift cards, what point did they become responsible to say, hey, where are these going? 
who are you? And, and, and if it sounds like a scam, just say, hey, look, st- stop right there. You know, you can get these, but you're getting scammed and you're going to lose your yeah. money. You know, I know a lot of stores have up signs that say, you know, they'll have some kind of warning by the gift cards. I've seen this. I've I've heard about it in other stores. Um, but, yeah, that's that's well, a good if, question, Mike. If you if you if if somebody like that sells them, I would say the person, the party that's buying 15 could potentially have a lawsuit there because that's pretty much irresponsible in in my mind all right so more on the tech refresh podcast coming up including an iphone falling from a plane did it survive we will find out next on tech refresh from commander.com It's the Tech Refresh Podcast from Commander.com. All right. Imagine you're in one of those small planes and you're parachuting out and you want the, the exact, you want the the perfect shot. So you're taking your phone. All right. It's maybe they're not parachuting out. Maybe they're just sticking their head out the window with a phone and taking these amazing pictures. And then all of a sudden the wind comes up. Whoosh, the phone is gone. It happened. Alley. It did. So a Brazilian filmmaker, his name is Ernesto Galeado, he dropped his iPhone 6 uh, out of a plane. He was 984 feet up high. And you have to you have to see the video. We have it on commando.com, but you can see it just kind of whoosh right out of his hand. So the phone flies out of the plane. He's over a beach in uh, near Rio de Janeiro. And then he used the Find My Phone app and (laughs) found it. It was there in the middle of the beach. He went over. um, It was still on. And the only thing that happened to it was the screen protector cracked. This thing was intact, totally fine. Uh, As someone who has dropped and cracked a few phones, I feel personally (laughs) attacked by this. This is absolutely ridiculous. Um, he, the, the best part, he was taking a video at the time. And so it kept shooting video during the whole fall. You think like, you know, there'd be some miraculous thing. He's a filmmaker. Maybe there's some beautiful, no, it's just blur. It's just kind of the phone tumbling through the air, but yeah, he got his phone back. And this is not the first time an iPhone has fallen and survived, uh, or fallen from a plane and survived in 2015, a guy in Texas dropped his phone from 9,300 feet and he found it scratched, but still working. See, I have mixed feelings about this. I mean, your your phone falls out of a plane, and it's the iPhone six. Well, that phone came out in twenty fourteen. It's just you know that's just a sign. <laughs> it's it, time to drop. get a new one. <laughs> Do you think he had a moment of yeah. like, gosh, I, I wish I would have broken so I could have gotten the twelve? It's okay. It's like, well, okay, maybe <laughs> not. You know, so good for him. Good for well, him. He is a lucky guy. I've definitely dropped a few phones in. Uh, I've got some uh, in my counter uh, on my counters right now, um, so that's pretty cool. You know, it's too bad we didn't. We we could have a product for brand new or not true there, where you have your accelerometer finding that your phone is falling and it turns into a little paper airplane or grows some wings or something. It could probably be like a little. A drone, and you could like control it from another phone, land it where you want to. Well, maybe not. Hey, thanks for listening to the Tech Refresh podcast, heard exclusively on the Tech You Should Know podcast from Commander.com. If you haven't already, make sure you click the subscribe button so you get this podcast delivered automatically with Tech You Should Know, and that also gets you the special feature this week, including D-Type Mayor, and he's talking about the dark web and some of the scams that are going on on the internet. If you'd like to comment about the podcast, 
podcast, good or bad, mostly good, send us an email to podcast at commander.com. Again, that's podcast at commander.com. On behalf of Ben, Obi-Wan, Bradley, and Allie, I'm Mike. We'll see you next time. And for the latest digital news and articles anytime, go to commando.com with a K. That's K-O-M-A-N-D-O. 